What a time to be alive. What a time to be back. Hello, everybody. Uh, it's been a lot of buildup. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you something. Things have been happening. It's been summertime in the city is what it's been. Summertime fun. And holy cow, you've been out there. You, yeah. You've been like getting a hold of you. Forget about it. I'm here. No, no, no. <laughs> No, no, been waiting no, for like no, two no, weeks. No, no, no. You did something. You were you did something. You were sure. Come on. Don't uh, no fooling. Yeah. You you kept telling me I got this. I got these trips going on. I got places to be. I got uh, all these plans. I. You make uh, plans, don't you? I have plans. Mm -hmm. I, I do things around the city. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I mean, we're back now. We're back. That's what's important. We're back. So basically, I'm just saying, blame Will, not me. All right. <laughs> no, I've been. Uh, man, I was telling you, I got my lips burnt. My lips are burnt, and everyone's gonna have to deal with that today. Okay. Because they feel tight because the sun was just destroying them over this weekend. Frying it like an egg. I'm fried, man. Yeah. I'm completely. I'm parched. I'm a raisin. I'm shriveled. You have your alkaline water. I'm shriveled up over here. Oh. And that ringtone is just, it's, that's shriveling me even more. Oh. I got to get this SIM card in this Fold 4. It's yeah. out of control. Yeah. But yeah, stuff's been building up, so it means we have a good show here today. And many things I want to talk about and many things I want to cover. Uh, but first, I just want to say hello to the community. Mm -hmm. The community has been there and they said, they said to me on Twitter, they said, where are you and what is going on? They're concerned. And then, and then they emailed me and they said, hey, man, if it's a wrap, if you're done, uh -huh. understand. God, do what you got to do. Uh -huh. And they said, but if you're not done, we'll mind seeing you back. Yeah. Hurry up. And I said, all right, why don't we do a little comeback tour here? Okay. Because there's stuff going on in the world. Bounce tomorrow or what? No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. We're good. We're good now. Well, because you, you're done all your trips and planning and things. Sure. You're done yeah, for a, you're done for now, a bit. Yeah. You're done for a bit. Yeah. So, because you, listen, the people also need to understand every, every so often people, they got to have a little, uh, what'd you call it? Like uh, a little time off. Mm -hmm. And everybody in this, in this place, like I'm not giving anybody's plans out, but you got. Pretty much everyone has all packed it in. Yeah, usually August is like pretty much like a vacation time. Month. Yeah. Vacation month. Yeah. At least I guess if you're in Canada or whatever. Yeah. Probably somewhere else in the world is a different month. Yeah, everyone has a month. Every country has a month. That, like, that's the month. Sure. So here's some good news. Your iPhone may soon have more ads. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so just exactly what you wanted yeah. Apple's like hey you know we want to listen to our customers give you exactly what you want and, and, and believe it or not what you're asking for now is more ads what <laughs> you didn't know that well enhance your experience no I'm kidding guys I'm joking relax listen it's no surprise uh, the whole internet whole world running on ads I mean, the, the part is that Apple kind of has been on the peripheral when it comes to that. You thought they were making enough money with these record profits and such. 
you 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 thought they were selling you know all this hardware with these unfathomable margins but they want more easy you know i don't know if it's i don't know well i mean that's corporate that's how it goes yeah you got to get more shareholders and such it's not like it's like hey next quarter we're thinking we do less yeah (laughs) that's uh tim's not doing that it's not the way it works no Stock markets and such. It's up, 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 all the time. My uh, littlest kid said dad today. Oh, wow. Yeah. He looked over. He went, dad, 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 dad. I say, you said it. <laughs> you call him out. You have no idea what it means, but but you made the noise. So we're going to celebrate that. Who was around? What, are you looking for witnesses? Yeah. <laughs> you looking for witnesses right yeah. now? Oh, uh, yeah. It was just my two little ones and me. That was it. Oh. Yeah. Said dad. Uh, anyway, so well, here's the thing. Apple's doing just fine, but they, they want to do more fine. And on top of that, ec- economic situation's a little different than it was a year ago. Mm. I don't need to tell you. Um, Not that it slowed you down with all the vacations and things. <laughs> Inflation. I'm sure you heard about all this. Yeah, I've heard of it once or twice. I told you the other day I'm going through the drive-thru and, and, and what happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. So so what, what Apple's doing here is, okay, maybe there's some other forces at play where they're saying, listen, if we're going to continue to improve revenue and so forth we need to continue to enhance all these other revenue streams that are not uh centered around selling a person a fifteen hundred dollar one thousand dollar phone because maybe people start to slow down on that i don't know this is just speculative but also it's just because more is typically better in the uh, corporate realm sure it's always better and they've already been enhancing their services business what's going on here is you take the apps that you now have built into all this hardware that you're putting out there the apps like maps books podcasts and of course the app store a lot of people don't even realize the app store already has an advertising model Mm -hmm. it already generates revenue via advertising you can pay to have your app promoted Mm -hmm. and apple gets a some revenue in that way you could imagine on maps how that would work you would have your locations promoted books you would have your books promoted podcasts you might have your podcast promoted yeah and you pay apple a little bit or maybe uh, uh uh these apps open up even different opportunities for advertisers that are unrelated to products that are even in those stores mm. it's possible too mm-hmm. that could happen i i I assume i would hope that apple would do it in some sort of elegant way and they've been such a proponent of privacy it's like all modern ad products or at least a lot of them have some sort of uh user data component to them Mm -hmm. to figure out who's getting what which ads or unless these are very uh, unsophisticated ads that are just across the board everyone gets them the exact same way Mm mm-hmm I don't know. Or there's some other way in which they can encrypt things and 
so forth. N- neural, you know what I'm saying? Jeez. On device. That's aggressive. According to a report from Bloomberg's Mark Gurman, Apple has internally tested search ads in maps, which could display recommendations when you search for restaurants, stores, or other nearby businesses. Yeah, I'm going to put the ad for my restaurant. Say you want to come here. Apple already implements a similar advertising model in the App Store as developers can pay to have their app promoted on a search page for a particular query like puzzle games or photo editor. Uh, Gurman believes that Apple could introduce ads to its native podcast and books apps as well. This could potentially allow publishers to place ads in areas within each app or pay to get their content placed higher in search results, just like Maps, Podcast, Books, which are currently ad-free. Now, of course, this is a familiar concept to people who use Google. You understand that those first few search results are things that are paid for when you search for something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maps, obviously, uh, Gmail, and there's so many ad-subsidized products that you use, mm-hmm. services. That you don't have to pay for. At least you don't have to pay for them in the way that you're used to paying for things. Gurman also mentions the potential for advertising on Apple TV Plus, saying the company could opt to create a lower-priced ad-supported tier similar to what Netflix has been discussing, Mm. continuing to enhance the diversity of ways in which Apple generates revenue. And there's another reason that they might be interested in this diversification and it's not just inflation will you know what else it might be what's that i want you to skip over the next tab and go to the one after that apple asks suppliers in taiwan to label products made as made in china Mm. there's been a rumor out there you saw the stuff you saw nancy pelosi you saw what's going on a lot of tensions it's running high you saw some tension didn't you Couple missiles. Just, I mean, you just fire missiles into yeah. the sky. You just like, hey, some uh, military drills. You just like, hey, see my missiles. Oh. Hey, will see my missiles. I don't want to. Uh, I'm oh not. <laughs> uh, I didn't fire them at you. I just fired them. I just fired them in the air. Yeah. You see them, and you're like, yeah, I saw them. But like, what are you trying to tell me? Yeah. And I'm like, I think it's pretty obvious what I'm trying to tell you, will. I, I Obviously have. You're flexing. I have missiles. Yeah. And I can shoot them. Yeah. And this time I chose to shoot them in the air. And we're going to leave it at that. <laughs> Fireworks show. <laughs> you see Will trying to fall asleep at night. Like, yeah. God, man, why is guy got to keep firing these missiles? Always. Yeah, no, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously goofing around. It's all very serious. And please don't fire missiles at each other. Yeah. Just in general. But this situation is definitely heating up and it could be one of those things that could also cause problems for the hardware business for Apple because of the significance of uh, Taiwan in the sort of global market when it comes to technology products and the interplay between China and Taiwan and how components have to go from Taiwan to China Mm -hmm. to have completed products and so forth. So the rumor was that this could affect... Apple's ability to deliver the right number of iPhone 14s, which is coming up shortly here, Mm -hmm. that this could have some sort of effect on that. And in order, according to this report, to potentially avoid some of those problems, reportedly Apple has asked Taiwan-based suppliers to label their products as being produced in China in an effort to avoid disruption from strict 
Chinese customs inspections resulting from the visit of the U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to Taipei. Uh, According to Nikkei, Nick or Nikai, the company has asked manufacturers on the island to label components bound for mainland China as made in Chinese Taipei or Taiwan, China. The labels are required in order to comply with a longstanding but previously unenforced rule that requires imported goods to suggest that the island is part of the People's Republic of China. The phrase made in Taiwan will lead to delays, fines, and even the rejection of an entire shipment under the rule, but Taiwan itself exports... Uh, currently exports products labeled with the point of origin as Taiwan or the country's official name, Republic of China. It's all very complicated, Will. Yeah. Who, who approves of which names? Now, Apple has previously made some moves to appease the Chinese side, such as removing the Taiwan flag from the emoji keyboards for users in China and Hong Kong. I don't know if you knew that. No. So they get rid of that, and China's like, thank, thank you very much. Get that, get that out of there. And Apple gets some level of scrutiny because of this, but Apple's also kind of squeezed in a way. Because guess where your iPhone's coming from? Mm-hmm. It's got to make it out of there. And then Apple, in the background, starts to spread out and say, well, hmm. Maybe we shouldn't be making all those iPhones in China. Mm-hmm. And they go to other places, don't they? Mm-hmm. They go to a Brazil and start thinking about possibly making products over there. They go to India. in India and they say, maybe we're going to make some products over there. Now, when that first happened, they were, they mostly focused on devices that were destined for that domestic market right? Kind of like a trial period situation or maybe a lower budget device. Mm -hmm. They weren't trying to export those to the extent of the devices that started out in China. Mm -hmm. But that gap has been shrinking and you're starting to see iPhone 13s, for example, that are being made in India, the flagship device. Mm -hmm. And then the rumor goes on to say that Production of iPhone 14 may happen more rapidly in some of these places Mm. in order to take some of the pressure off that single point of of manufacturing and assembly, which has been China for however long it has at this point. It's a complicated situation. And I know there's a lot of people that are going to have different feelings on the subject, but I think it's important to note that Apple's in a pretty tough position from a leverage perspective. And if they were going to flex on something like this, the consequences are, uh, would be very difficult to predict. Mm -hmm. And it would have global consequences. For sure. So this region, these politics and these companies and the global impact Significant. Very sensitive right now. Significant. Uh, We'll go back to the other story there. This is just getting back to the ad business with uh, Apple possibly implementing ads across those apps. Apparently, there was a conversation Apple had with Facebook once upon a time to have a partnership instead of, well, they don't like each other very much, it appears at this point, after the whole privacy thing and... uh, 
Zuckerberg and yeah, just distance between these two companies now. Apparently what Apple wanted was a cut from an ad-free paid Facebook subscription service. Similar to how other apps operate, we talked before about how you have things like Super Chats on YouTube Mm -hmm. and the very first stage of sending that money to that creator that you're uh, attempting to uh, donate to. The very first cut goes to Apple if you're on an iOS device. What was it, 30%? In-app purchase. It's the way it's looked at, like as if it was a game or something. Mm. And then YouTube's going to take its cut, and then the creator's going to get whatever little slivers left over, the scraps. After everybody else, all the tech giants have fought over the uh, original sum. Yeah. And so Apple was, I guess, suggesting the same thing to Facebook, getting back to this conversation around where the leverage lives. Obviously, these conversations stalled and never amounted to much. And also, what people have even been interested in a paid Facebook subscription service. Facebook probably probably sitting there saying, hey, our data seems to suggest that this product wouldn't work anyway. Mm. So we can't cut this deal. But these models, are they're all very interesting. And then, and then Apple could have said, well, fine, if you're not going to do that, if we can't get a cut of the revenue, we're going to do things to make your life a little more difficult here. Now, granted, these conversations were a while back, something like 2016 and 2018. And a lot has changed when it comes to tracking and data and so forth as far as users are concerned. So maybe that discussion was happening at a time where they, those two companies may have been more aligned than they are at this point. Mm-hmm. But also Apple themselves possibly getting into the ad business. Why would they want to share anything with Facebook if they don't have to? Yeah. That might be their point of view right now. And I, I, don't, I don't know if Facebook it really has a strong position right now from a negotiation perspective and hence their interest in doing their own hardware and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, you saw this Xiaomi folding phone, their new uh, Mi Mix, no, Mix Fold 2. What a beautiful looking thing. Yeah, this came out of nowhere. Came out of nowhere. Good timing. I'm sure they wanted to like, get your attention away from this one right here on the desk. The Z Fold 4. Now, here's the thing. Samsung has had a, quite a head start, but they're have been improvements made from a hardware perspective. I already uh, talked about the Find N from Oppo, which has a really amazing solution for the crease in the middle of the display. It really gets it taut when you open that hinge so that you can barely see the crease. But the problem is software, for me at least, I couldn't, there's certain things I couldn't do, like I couldn't pin a launcher. I've complained about this before. Mm -hmm on the Chinese version of Color OS that won't let you replace the stock launcher permanently. You can like load it and then click around and you're right back into the original launcher. Right. And you might be saying, well, what's the issue with that? There's certain things I can't get rid of which are regional and useless to me. Mm. Otherwise, I would have had my SIM card in that phone because the hardware was so cool. We have another example of that today from Xiaomi. 
This might even be cooler. It's a lot closer in design to the Z Fold 4. The aspect ratio is pretty much the same. Huge camera on the back. The thing is thinner, flatter. You can see the way the hinge works. It's only 11.2 millimeters thick. Uh, that's compared to 15.8 hmm. on the new Z Fold. That's quite a big difference. Like to put that in perspective, the S22 Ultra is just under nine millimeters. Hmm. Right? So that's still a pretty big phone, but it's not folding or anything like that. So I think most people would say, okay, it's thin enough at nine millimeters. Mm-hmm. This folding device from Xiaomi, the Mix Fold 2, is only two millimeters, just over two millimeters fatter. You got to go a whole nother four millimeters, over four millimeters, to get to the Z Fold 4. Hmm. So it's going to feel a lot more like a typical smartphone in its folded package when you see this Mix Fold 2, which is impressive. And here's the other good part. Since they were able to pack more battery density, you're actually getting a bigger battery unit than you get in the much fatter Z Fold 4. Mm. Now for the bad news. China exclusive, guaranteed software problems. I mean, they can send me one. Xiaomi, you can send me one. I would love to play with it. And I'm still talking to Pete, like telling you, give me, give me some sort of ROM on the find end and I'll use that too. If I can just get a launcher going that doesn't force me to have universal search, which is regional and, and still has Chinese characters that I can't get rid of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really nice looking phone. Uh, this is thickness is going to be the big thing. Like I'm not all about making everything thinner all the time, but these are, they're big. They're they're This is the uh, previous model. They're big. And, and, and if somebody offered to make that thinner for you, well, you have a, a point. Thinner is not always better, but in this case, you could imagine it in a thinner formula, and, and that's what they're aiming at doing. Uh, other specs on this device, 120 hertz, 6.56 inch, uh, 2520 by 1080 OLED display, uh, inner flexible display, 120 hertz, 8.02 inches, 2160 by 1940, 1914, sorry, OLED. And they're from Samsung. So if you're wondering about the display performance, you're getting them from Samsung. Snapdragon 8 Plus Gen 1, amazing chip, 12 gigs of RAM. It's flagship top to bottom. The conversion on the Chinese price for this device, $1,335. Also, okay. not bad. Now, granted, if they ever sold it in some other market, they might not sell it for that price. Mm-hmm. But pretty cool. A little bit of a rip in the design. But how many ways are you going to do this thing? It's mm-hmm. maybe slightly less interesting than the find end because in the find end, they said, what if we do a different aspect ratio? Yes. And I found that to be interesting. But I just couldn't put my SIM card in it because, well, like I said, there were a couple of annoyances for me which just had to do with region. It's software. Really. It's software. It's really the software. OS. It's a software thing. It's not even the OS. I could deal with color OS yeah. if I could get an international... Uh, version of it does it support the apps north american yeah yeah yeah. you can you can yeah it's 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 more like for example universal search if you want to swipe down and just search for an app which i use all the time yeah 
it pulls me into not something like Google. It's a regional search engine. Mm. And I've got uh, the default character input is not in English characters. Like this, I can't do that on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Find a workaround for that. I'm con- like, and, and granted, this is my own use case, and I'm sure people have found workarounds. But for me, I would just, there's some devices I wish were introduced internationally natively from the company without the need for such workaround sure india is seeking to oust china firms from sub 150 dollars phone market that's huge news this uh, was published a little while ago august 8th but i didn't have a chance to talk about it yet india seeks to restrict chinese smartphone makers from selling devices cheaper than 12,000 rupees which is around 150 bucks they want to boost up the domestic industry, which is now in that price point dominated by Chinese brands like Xiaomi, Realme, you know, the, you know, the likes and uh, Tranchin. Um, the move is aimed at pushing Chinese giants out of the lower segment of the world's second biggest mobile market. According to people familiar with the matter, it coincides with mounting concern about high volume brands like Realme and Tranchin undercutting local manufacturers. They said... You know, they've had a play on this since the for a while now. This idea of, okay, smartphones in India, here's all the incentives to bring jobs to India, to, to do local manufacturing, to somehow discourage via tariffs and such imports and instead try to boost its domestic market. Mm. Like it's pretty well documented at this point. That part of the market, sub 150 or sub 12,000 rupees, huge part of the market, Will. Yeah. Exclusion from India's entry-level market would hurt Xiaomi and its peers, which in recent years have increasingly relied on India to drive growth while their home market endures COVID-19 lockdowns, crippling consu- uh, crippled consumption, etc. Smartphones under $150 contributed to a third of India's sales volume for the quarter through June 2022. Chinese companies accounted for up to 80% of those shipments, according to CounterPoint research. Shout out CounterPoint, been featured many times on the show. Always bringing the data and also bringing the noise. Yeah, good stuff. 80%. Wow. This will be huge. Uh, I don't know. Obviously, this would be... Uh, um, taken very negatively by China. They'd say, hey, no fair, bad trade move. Here's where we can fight back. Here's where we're going to oust whatever export you have and so forth. So are they making their phones then? Are they producing their own phones? Yeah, so apparently there's a couple brands that were Indian brands prior to these ones coming in and dominating. Lava? And Micromax, homegrown companies under half of India's smartphone sales before the new entrants from the neighboring country disrupted the market with cheap, feature-rich devices. Now, I don't know enough about that market. So we should get lava stock? I just don't know enough about that market to say, like, the full effect of this thing. I assume if these are selling so well, they're probably providing significant value to that customer. Hmm. And then I really wonder how that customer feels about those devices being banned, for example, and what that would do to competition and what they would then be forced to buy. And if it would even be as good as what would be available to them if these imports were allowed. Mm -hmm. 
very complicated, super uh, complex, all these factors. Like, like those people might think it's a good economic policy because then they might have more job opportunities because it's this homegrown thing. And sometimes that plays out, but then sometimes it plays out where customers actually have better options and end up with better products when these borders are open. Yeah. Like, say, for example, someone came to you, Will, and said, and this is not a direct comparison because it's kind of funny to even say it. Hey, Will, never mind that Z Fold 4. What you need is Canada's own folding smartphone. The can fold? It's yeah. the, the maple fold. Mm, that sounds delicious. I'll take that. <laughs> and you're like, but hey, but wait. I yeah, was getting... I, I like the, the Samsung fold. Well, you just have you know? your options available yeah. to you and you feel like you as a customer succeed, uh, benefit from that. But here's the thing is like, what if the same conversation came up and it became politicized and then they said, don't you want to have a job, Willie Do assembling the maple fold? And you might say, hmm, it does sound pretty good. A so, guilt trip? Um, it's not really a guilt trip. I mean, there is... Well, it's a, putting more, I guess, pride into... Well, pride pride in politics, absolutely. There's a products. thing going on there. But there is an actual effect. Somebody will get paid to assemble that Micromax phone. That's and true. it might be your brother or your nephew or whoever. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so the, the same thing happens in automotive. Whether you, whether you go buy a Ford truck that was assembled down the road and... Mm-hmm. there's a thing that happens there. More of the value is captured by your neighbor. I would imagine also like if someone uses like Xiaomi phones their whole life and all of a sudden there's like a ban for it. And then it's like, hmm, that's not really fair. Well, it might make you want it more. Sure, yeah. You might say, you know what, I'm about to buy 10 of them. You know. Because you're telling me I shouldn't have it. So very complicated stuff, okay? Definitely. Here's a really cool infographic, which I often sign up for. Mm. I'll take infographics, although this one's a bit confusing to me because this is the most hated popular apps in every country around the world. Mm. And some of these I find to be quite surprising. Like, for example, that Reddit is so hated all over the place on this, like, being the most hated app in a number of countries, uh, such as, uh, let me see, Mm. Germany, the most hated app. Is Reddit. Poland, the most hated app is Reddit. Serbia, the most hated app is Reddit. I mean, it's, I could go on and on. Croatia. Raid Shadow Legends in China. Yeah, Raid Shadow <laughs> Legends over there in China. Uh, Tinder is the most hated app in Canada, the US, Australia, New Zealand, also much of Europe or a few spots in Europe. Although it's widely used, no? Well, they, like the that's the thing. Area. It appears that this uh, infographic took into account how popular they were. That's why it's the most popular, gotcha. the most hated popular apps. Like it couldn't, obviously there's probably hated apps that are get publicly hated on less frequently because less yeah. people know about them. Kazakhstan is mad about WhatsApp. Hmm. India's most hated app is Netflix. Hmm. Most hated popular app. And the way that they track this was based on negative sentiment in AI tracking of social media, monitoring social media for people saying negative things about these mm. services. I just would have expected to see more Facebook on here, more, oh, yeah, so, more just right. more social media criticism, mm-hmm. which you don't see that much of. Yes, yes, Facebook is the most hated app in a couple of places. I guess there's Reddit. Facebook is the most hated app in where? Uh, let me see. A couple of places. Saudi Arabia. 
Okay. Um, Congo. <laughs> but that's about it. I mean, unless you look more closely, maybe there's some other places that seems like it. eBay is the most hated in Brazil. You might find this to be kind of interesting. Disney Plus taking heat in a few places, such as Russia. I don't know what Disney Plus did. Probably posted some uh, some type of materials. It is not salacious supported yeah uh, reddit also the most hated popular app in japan another big one roblox hated in a lot of places it's the most hated in 21 total countries making it the most hated popular app north korea hates around the roblox? globe oh north korea be hating roblox <laughs> uh taiwan hates roblox yeah uh, greece uh, is not about clash of clans apparently and iceland doesn't like bumble Hmm. I'm surprised with the Facebook thing. You expect? Are you to sure it's not sponsored it? by uh, Facebook? This whole look graph? like Puerto Rico is mad at Amazon, and the U.S. Virgin Islands is mad at YouTube. Yeah. Didn't you expect to see more TikTok too? Like, aren't people irritated by that? I don't know what to sure, tell you. TikTok. I don't know what to tell you. Well, anyway, maybe this uh, AI tool needs a little tweaking. Yeah. Now, speaking yeah. of hating, hating apps and services. How about channel stores for sites like YouTube? Here's what this means. Apparently, YouTube is building a system allowing users to subscribe to streaming services right through the YouTube app. Hear me out. Well, let me paint a picture. Let me give you a proposal. Mm. Part of the problem with having these streaming services is going to all these individual places and logging into this variety of apps mm -hmm. or websites. It's annoying, and many have attempted to tackle this type of universal search where you would get a streaming box of some kind and you would search for a piece of content and then it would surface all the places you could possibly get it. But you'd still have to be signed into all these accounts. Uh, you'd still have to have all these apps installed, and then they'd all have to be running as you, like, flip between them. Mm. What if you could sub subscribe to HBO Max or if you could subscribe to Disney Plus or Netflix right within YouTube? And you could, since you go on YouTube every day anyway, you could have all that content showing up in one universal place mm. where you would bundle together. I'm just painting you this magical utopian picture of content. But I guess that's what they're doing, right? That's the pitch YouTube is making. Yeah. They'll have to go to the likes of Netflix and so on and say, here's how the revenue split is going to work and here's why we think you need to be there and here's how many extra subscriptions we think you would get if you were available here specifically and not just ind individually. Wow, that's strange. Now, Netflix not, in YouTube. Now, you could go even crazier and say YouTube themselves willing to take a lower cut if you bundle them together. Like, imagine Willie Do wanted Disney Plus, Netflix, and YouTube Premium. Mm. You get a discount. Let me say you want... Uh, let, let, let's say you wanted uh, HBO Max... An Apple TV Plus, Apple probably will never go for this, and a YouTube Premium. Here's the discount you're going to get. Or it could be a Peacock or a Hulu uh, Plus or whatever versions of premium services are out there. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm sure many people wanted to avoid this because it just reminds you of how everything is segmented all over the place. And it's kind of painful and frustrating. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't look like it's going to change anytime soon. Mm. And if you want to watch all these things... And all these shows, and you can't even, sometimes you can't even remember where you watched it. You're like, what, uh, did I, the thing I'm recommending to you, did I watch it on, was it Netflix or mm -hmm. HBO or where was that one? 
and it's annoying. Yeah, but if actually YouTube goes through with this and is successful, then I mean, they own the ecosystem at that point, which will be kind of cool, to be honest. <laughs> well, it would be really easy to access things. That's what everyone wants. Oh, man. Can you imagine yeah. you had everything, all your sports, all your uh, events, all your shows and everything, and it was one app? Yeah. It's a pretty cool idea, but you understand the, you understand the argument that those uh, services would have. They would sit there and say, well, we feel like we're you're getting all the value there. And YouTube would have to say to them, well, we get, you know, billions of visitors and don't you want a chunk of that? Yeah, it's that's a big ask. That's how this would work. And some of these companies like HBO Max, you kind of wonder, because they pump so much money into these productions, the production is still the product. It's this idea of this really special piece of content and you really want to get it in front of as many eyeballs as possible. Mm. But it's a lot harder to convince somebody to download another app, create another subscription, input their credit card again, where they already have all that on YouTube. It's right there. Yeah. And if I could just simply click trial subscription for whatever service, and I can do it in an account where all my credentials already are, you can understand the convenience of that. And hmm. more people taking a chance on watching a show that they might not otherwise watch and so on. But... There's arguments in either direction for this. If you centralize the power in one place as well, that can be problematic too, hmm. where maybe if these companies aren't recognizing the same amount of revenue or the same margin, then the type of content they make changes and it becomes more YouTube-like and less ambitious. And I don't know. I'm just trying to yeah. imagine all the variety of arguments that could exist here. Well, can't YouTube just be in the background in terms of like the UI and branding? Can it just be like, kind of like Roku? Like you have the UI and then it shows all the services. Mm -hmm. um, or back, well, YouTube could be in the background. Well, that would be bad for those of us that are more in the YouTube side. Because it would like, you'd be, you get this splash page, which would all of a sudden amp up all this high production value stuff. And then the stuff you mm -hmm. love on YouTube would be buried. You'd be encouraged to spend all these hours watching HBO instead of Lou later. Well, take it easy over there. Yeah, I don't know. You got to find a balance to it. I mean, the, 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 the ideal scenario is you're looking at a recommendation page. This is the other thing YouTube can say. They can say, with our recommendation engine, we guarantee that people who should watch Stranger Things are going to see Stranger Things or whatever. Yeah. Example, I'm, you know. Yeah. They could be sitting there saying, our algorithm is the algorithm. Now, I don't know how people would deal with paywalls being all over the place because you might get this suggested thumbnail and you want to click and watch the episode. I don't know how that would work. Would it be ad subsidized? There's all kinds of things happening in this market that you never thought you'd see. You never thought you'd see ad breaks on Netflix. Guess what? It's coming. Yeah. So all, all bets are off now. Everything is on the table and everybody wants your eyeballs. And they're going to go wherever those eyeballs are. And they are on YouTube. I'll tell you that right now, Will. And the clips from these shows are on YouTube. And guess what else is on YouTube? All the pro all the actors that are out there promoting these shows, where do they promote them? On YouTube. They go to see Wired and they go to see yeah. uh, uh, Hot Ones and whatever. It's like, oh, there's a new season of Stranger Things. Guess who's all over your recommended page? Yeah, that would be really interesting if um, like it shows Netflix and then Stranger Things and then like the content within YouTube within like that app. Right? Absolutely.
push you to watch the whole episode. Yeah. You can imagine these things. And you either love it and you're excited or you're terrified. No, there's potential. You either love I it, see it or you're terrified. I'm sold. Or both. Yeah. Elon Musk teases X.com as a potential social media site of his own. Mm. Never mind buying Twitter. Yeah, screw Twitter. Full of bots. It's just bots. It's only bots on Twitter, Will. It's all that's left, mm. according to Elon. No, I'm kidding. I'm exaggerating. He, there is an ongoing dispute still, and it's playing out in court and whatever else, and that's all very frustrating and boring and whatever else. But he also sold a bunch of stock. I'm sure you saw that. Tesla stock, yeah. Holy moly, $6.9 in Tesla stock. Said he wouldn't, but... He did. $6.9 billion. How does that, as a, as a Tesla owner, how does that make you feel? Well, you bought one, I guess you don't have it I yet. I think it's just business as usual. I don't, yeah. You don't care? I, I'm good with it. As a Tesla investor, how do you feel? Uh, they're doing well, so great. No problem. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they're doing pretty good. Yeah, a lot of people had, had there, was, there was chatter going on about this $6.9 billion, but now the speculation is, well, he needs that $6.9 billion. He's, uh, he's building a social media platform. Mm-hmm. <laughs> X.com? I don't know about all that. That's cool. In the past, he's teased this X.com thing. It was part of old businesses. It was a, it was a PayPal thing, right? Am I crazy? Can I go to X.com? Yeah, he purchased X.com in 2017 from PayPal, which he was the former CEO. He co-founded X.com in 1999 as an online bank. So it was actually, I guess, pre-PayPal, which then merged with a competitor in 2000. He bought X.com back 17 years later. He says it has great sentimental value. It is one hell of a URL. Right now, it's just a tiny X in the top left corner. Um. When he was asked on social media recently if he has any plans to start his own social media platform, he replied with the URL to x.com. That was his reply. So read into it what you will. Let me ask you this, Will. Are you, are you prepared to sign up for another social media platform 2022 by the name of x.com? Yes or no? Uh, yeah, I'll give it a shot. Wow. Because of the name, strictly. All right, so they got Will. I don't know if they're going to get anybody else. I think some people are fatigued with the idea of opening new accounts at this point. Okay. Yeah. Uh, unless it's some, some sort of TikTok uh, addictive service. I don't know what it will be. If it's strictly another Twitter, that's going to be tough. It's just Elon's memes. It's going to be tough. Because even my Twitter these days, Will, is so algorithmic and suggestion-based. I get a lot of follow topics. Good Lord, yeah. man. Tw- yeah. Twitter is, and I know, like, hopefully... There is a chronological button somewhere. I haven't yeah. hit it yet. But it is it is a, a, a bit jarring when I go on there now. I'm like, mm-hmm. wait a sec. What did I just click on? What am I scrolling? Yeah. It's a bit uh, uh, a feeling of being lost or something. Sure. And not necessarily enjoyment, but an element of chaos when... It's just, you're getting, like, I have so many cats on my feet all of a sudden. Cats? Yeah, there's just cats. Like, I don't know, it could be just videos of cats. Is it using an algorithm? It is, absolutely. Suggesting tweets that are popular or whatever else. You're not looking at cats, are you? Absolutely not. Okay. I think it wants, I think it thinks I want cats. Mm. I don't have any interest. (laughs) No, okay. 
But anyway, uh, yeah, so it would be, it would definitely be a curious thing. Obviously, Trump did his social media. I don't, I don't actually even know how that's going. I think it would be very difficult in 2022 to build a successful so- social media platform, brand new one. But having Elon be the Of course, guy, if somebody can do it, sure. if somebody can do it, that's your guy. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's uh, obviously a very ambitious thing. Yeah. It is a great name. Now, uh, sticking with Tesla for one more, uh, this was kind of a funny clip in which we got to witness a, te- uh, a very confused Tesla attempting to categorize a horse-drawn carriage because your Tesla is constantly uh, attempting to, like, draw whatever. <laughs> that That's the best one. When it's just like a head-on collision with a semi. It draws in front of you what it predicts or what it thinks the vehicle is, whether it's like a large like a pickup truck or another sedan or a, a person or or a semi. Yeah. And you can see it cycling through all of these this variety of drawings. It's mostly a semi. Right? Most, mostly a semi, but there's a terrifying moment where it becomes a head-on collision with a semi. It starts to think that it's the front end. It happens here in a moment. Right there, bang! You're dead. And then it sees the person because it's like, wait a second... Are those the shapes of people up there? And yes, they absolutely are because it, it, it's a horse-drawn carriage. Um, does this worry you at all? I don't like it when I'm driving the Tesla and the, and the vehicles are constantly getting redrawn. I don't like it. But I understand limitations to technology. It's tough, right? Yeah. It is novel when it nails it and it is the right vehicle. Uh-huh. But it is, uh, yes not the most confidence-inspiring thing when it's flipping back and forth between different ones. This one's especially funny, though. I like the one that's sideways. Yeah, just a sideways semi. And it is funny, just these worlds colliding of maximum technology versus minimum technology. Yes, exactly. You have the, the very old form of transportation and then the latest one, and the latest one is actually more confused. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Than the old, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah, kind of yeah, funny. Yeah. That that robot humor, AI humor. Mm-hmm. But at least there's no collision here. No. And uh, the Tesla behaved itself, as you can tell. Now, uh, talking about horse-drawn carriages, here's another horse, the Ford Bronco, which uh, they just launched some new Heritage editions, which look a lot like the original Broncos. Mm. I thought these were pretty cool. I sent them. I sent this. Uh, these images to you because you're you were you used to be Mr. Bronco. I don't know what happened to you. It's still going. Go yeah, ahead. I still look at it. Go um, ahead. Not so much um, content, but you know, I, I I look at this stuff like the new the new things and like modifications. Uh, right now, I feel like Broncos are kind of like in its peak, where people are really getting comfortable with modifying it. Mm-hmm. So good on them. What do you and so car. so? What are your feelings about the Heritage Edition? Uh, this is a a limited production run of just nineteen sixty six, one thousand nine hundred and sixty six units, in a nod to the original nineteen sixty six Bronco that inspires all the new ones, two door and four door uh, Heritage models. There's elements on the exterior as well as elements on the interior too. The dash and everything is an homage to the original. Oh, I love them. 
I, I I love the look of it. It looks so cool. Especially the stripe. Right down and then uh, with the old school Bronco logo. It is so reminiscent of like a Hot Wheels or something. Yeah. It's so with it's those. It's not over the top as well. No. It's subtle. No, it's, I, I mean, the fonts. You see those fonts? Uh-huh. The Bronco fonts and the uh, the candy colors. Yeah. And the white elements. For for me, I like the look of the two door more than the four door in okay. the heritage model. Oh yeah, this with the with well. the with the white wheels, like that one to me is just that's so so much fun right there. Uh-huh. I don't know if there's any images of the interior, but you do you do have uh, some of the Oxford white on the dash, I believe, and they are going to do the sport model, the more affordable sport model as well. They the look ba- great. The badging and stuff is so cool with the actual, with the horse uh, kicking the Bronco, Bronco, mm-hmm. the the bucking Bronco. Look at that. Yeah. The script logo is very cool. Uh, okay. The 2023 Bronco Heritage starts at 45900 and the Heritage Limited will be priced at 68490 uh, two and four door models go on sale later this year. Initial orders are prioritized for current Bronco order holders awaiting their vehicles. Oh, so I can get it. You can switch to a Heritage if you like. Hmm. Do I have to wait longer? I don't know. Maybe you get it sooner because you're like a special customer at that point. I don't really know. But um, uh, it, 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 oh, there is a picture of the dash. It's right after this picture. Oh, is it? Yeah. Let me know if you like it at all. It's uh oh, wait why don't I why don't you see it I have oh yeah right there yeah yeah so yeah. it's pretty cool white dash very it's almost kind of cartoon as well like mm-hmm. you know the movie Cars sure yeah it has personality yes it's a little bit of there's a little bit of Pixar in there that I'm seeing uh-huh. when you see the old new the slightly newer more modern shape but the stylings of old. Mm. quite a combination and the fonts and badges and such so yeah it's great anyway you can tell i got excited about it well if you decide to bail on the entire uh, new car thing will you can go for this instead the brand new hummingbird ultralight 22 pound electric bike made of plants nice (laughs) i just i just read this just for the thumbnail or the title right fiber Plant fiber. Yeah, it's made of flax fiber, which when you start talking about fibers, you always think of carbon fiber because mm. incredibly strong and lightweight. Yeah. Fibers in general, super cool to manufacture things out of fibers. Mm. And you find all these things in nature that are on their own, like one piece is it's strong but then you weave it all together and it is insanely strong. Mm. And obviously carbon fiber, one of the, those things, hemp is kind of like that. Uh, this is flax. Apparently the company says that the hummingbird flax is the lightest folding electric bike in the world. Constructed of flax fiber. The e-bike uses a sustainable plant-based design that is ultra lightweight and ultra strong. Plant fiber has seen growing interest in the automotive industry as an even lighter weight option than carbon fiber. It gets even lighter than that. Just plants, Will. Can you imagine? That looks good, too. It looks like like a 
almost like a carbon fiber. Mm-hmm. I need to look into this stuff for the cases. You think I could do a flax fiber uh, case? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Even stronger than carbon? I'd, I'd go for it. That might be cool. Just some plants on your phone? Uh-huh. It might be the new big thing. Plus, people, they like the vegetables and the and the plants and, I don't know, feeling <laughs> environmental and such, especially at, at the buyer of an e-bike. Sure, yeah. It's not going to be cheap, though. Making stuff like this, you know, starting at uh, $6,050. This thing's $6,000? I hate to break it to you, Will. And it's oh, a pedal boy. assist style. But I don't know. It's kind of cool, though. Well, come on. Yeah. It yeah. is very cool for what twenty two pounds, folds up. Twenty two pounds folds Just, up. I, uh, actually, I take that back. It's expensive, most expensive in the UK. That's worth six thousand bucks. The rest of the world is five thousand bucks when you do the conversion. Mm. But still, yeah, it's uh, there's a novelty factor to it, but it's pretty cool and it's less than a Bronco. Yeah, can't do everything you can do uh, with a Bronco though. Outdoors, no. Yeah, you might be a little stuck. Just, uh, Rock crawling. You know what? I have an idea, Will. You just get both. You put this in the back of the Bronco, don't you? Oh, okay, yeah. Don't you? Won't you? I love spending money. Holy cow, we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, we had a little break. Things are settling down. Yes, my lips are burnt, so I'm glad that I got through this. It felt like they were gonna, like they're gonna tear every time that I talk here. I'm talking about like burnt from the sun, Will. Well, not from the hot ones, not from spicy wings. Mm hmm. The ripping. Yeah, so anyway, I hope to recover from that for the next episode here. We're not going to take such a long hiatus. We're going to be back very shortly. Thank you to everybody in the community that's there for us, that stays there for us. Mm -hmm. Through thick and through thin and through all the plant fibers. Yes. Later, everybody.